This is the last 86,400 seconds in AI. It's your executive summary of what's happening in AI with a special focus paid to AI safety. It's for busy leaders looking to win with data. Everything that we mentioned today is on our Twitter. Follow us at Take Control AI. A lot happened in AI in the last day. Here's what you need to know. Thanks, Alex. We have uh, an article from Inc. says the highlight here. Nearly 80% of CEOs are prepared to take actions to increase AI accountability. This is up from 20% in 2018. But only 40% of consumers say they trust companies to be responsible in developing AI applications, the same proportion as in 2018. So, so that, so first of all, approved. This is excellent. Um, and I'd like you to DM this to me afterwards. This is, I think, a really valuable latent signal that leaders are beginning to understand and appreciate that their brand reputation, their fundamentally, their, their value is on the line when it comes to how they're using data and how they're using AI. And we should expect there to be a delay between when leaders really get that, that they are in fact strongly incentivized to, to play ball here with thinking responsibly about how they're using these systems. We should expect a gap between when that sinks in and they start operationalizing that and then when consumer trust catches up. So it... it I suppose I'm I'm only lightly surprised that the consumer sentiment didn't go down right. over time. The fact that it stayed as steady as it did to me is interesting and we should pick apart what's there. But that more and more leaders are recognizing that AI safety is not a nice to have. It is a table stakes part of doing business because it's what allows them to do better work faster. Right. And I get it from the consumer perspective too. Um, Consumers generally don't notice or think about when things are going well with a product or a service. They mostly notice it when things are going bad. Um, So, you know, that uh, increase in... Increasing amount of services overall that uh, are touched by AI in people's lives, I'm sure, um, is counteracted by the amount of uh, uh, the increase in negative instances of uh, AI interactions as well. So it's it's remained static as a result. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. Uh, all right, like I said, approved. DM it to me. Uh, what else do we, we have? have uh, Wang Weimin, a Singapore-based ByteDance research scientist won a challenge to develop the most accurate AI model for detecting deepfakes. It achieved 98.5% accuracy in distinguishing digitally manipulated videos from real videos. I, I personally think this is huge um, uh, because the, this is like, this is one of the ways that I think yeah. AI is more visible in people's lives that they may not notice it, but when they do, it's jarring. Uh, yeah. You won't notice a recommender algorithm. You won't notice, you know, a, a credit score rating. But deep fakes are here. They're everywhere. This is big. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you notice synthetic reality. Yeah, you you notice you notice people saying and doing things that that haven't happened, and it touches that part of your brain that's trying to suss out: um, am I am I awake or am I dreaming? Um, so interesting. I love this. Uh, so this is totally approved. Uh, I think that. This touches on what we talk with our customers about in terms of the risk factor around security and robustness 
uh, but at a, at a more global writ large scale. And it's great to see there being made important strides in how at a state of the art level, we're thinking about being able to detect the presence of systems in end work outcomes. But I can't help but want to scratch at the idea that we're, we're really in something of a red queen's race between those that would create sufficiently advanced deep fake technology for the purposes of disinformation and deception for which there are strong incentives. And we've got a good backlog of examples now of how that's played out in the information space over the past few years, playing this cat and mouse game with those uh, like this researcher at, at ByteDance who would be otherwise incentivized to create detectors. And this really is, I think one of those build a better mousetrap breed a faster mouse kind of problems. Um, and this, this, process has a natural dynamic tension to it that is going to arms race itself forward. So we are going to get more sophisticated deep fakes and then more sophisticated deep detectors and more sophisticated deep fakes and more sophisticated detectors in that recurrent cycle because they're both so strongly incentivized to outcompete yeah, the other. Yeah, God forbid uh, a deep fake creator get their hands on this technology that would, you know, in an, in an adversarial uh, manner would accelerate their development, you know, tenfold. Yeah, yeah. Well, which we should expect. Again, all information wants to be free. So we should expect that the very technologies that have been developed here to detect deep fakes are within a matter of weeks reverse engineered by a team that makes deep fakes to find how to improve the state of the art marginally as to evade detection. And what is the smallest change? And that's going to just going to be the beginning of this cat and mouse process that these two types of factors are going to play for the next <laughs> rest of human history i guess yeah. don't even know how to talk about that one properly um all right um horrifically approved uh, thank one. you Next. from geek time uh they released a, a short article titled understanding ml bias and fairness uh it's geared towards business leaders or people uh in civil society just sort of curious about the the issues uh it breaks down um how it uh is encountered in your businesses in your daily life, um, what is and what isn't bias or fairness issues, uh, how to, you know, remedy it as best as possible since you can't entirely fix it. I mean, just, it just sort of is like a, a good primer, I think, for, for everyone and for business leaders that uh, haven't uh, really approached these problems yet. Excellent. I'm going to say uh, approved, DM it to me. I think that's the kind of thing that could be good to circulate in some of our communities and some of the slacks we're in. Um, and I think you've, you've pointed to a good thing that I'd like to think that on this podcast, you and I are pretty, let's, let's keep this simple Sergeant in terms of how we're approaching a lot of these technologies and their implications in business. Sometimes we dive a little technical. It's easy to write off the whole field as deeply technical just because it's about an emergent technology. But I can't help but emphasize the importance of making sure that we're able to to reach and connect with parts of the audience that otherwise have huge incentives to play well in this space and quickly, but otherwise are still in the process of growing in their maturity and adoption. And a lot of that means making a level playing field for them to be able to wrap their heads around some of these concepts. So I'm, I'm all for throwing all right. a primer in. I think that sounds like a great idea. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. uh, let's do uh, one more. Oh, oh well, um, short. this is from the Harvard law school forum on corporate governance. 
uh, it's titled AI oversight is becoming a board issue. Uh, and I know last week, yeah, last week we mentioned um, Love how more CEOs need to yeah. you know step up and represent their organizations uh, in the AI space uh, and be champions for their organization and in the organization. Um, and this this takes it one yeah. step further and says this isn't yeah. just the CEO's issue now. This is everyone's issue in the company. Uh, and it talks about um, the overlap with ESGs, uh, the evolving regulatory landscape, um, general corporate oversight. Um, board responsibility, Perfect. understanding resource allocation, compliance structures. It's got a little bit of everything. Well, I mean, you, you and I have talked about this extensively uh, over over the, the duration of our th- us thinking about this problem, that it was never going to be that there would be a single facet of the stakeholder constellation around a company that was going to fundamentally be the, the lever that drives change. It was going to be a mixture of stakeholders ranging from internal stakeholders like employees and managers through to obvious external stakeholders like tax collectors, regulators, uh, civil society unions, the press, uh, anyone who could possibly create an, an incentive structure, either positive or negative, for a company to respond and change how it was using data science and how it was using AI. To hear now an increased emphasis on the role that boards of directors can play in this uh, is is heartening because it's speaking to an incentive that leaders are very very strongly incentivized to listen to. Uh, it's one thing to say yes, I can ignore a trade union, I can ignore press, I can ignore civil society. If I ignore my board, I lose my job. Um, so I I'd ask you actually, can you please DM that one to me um, because I think Absolutely. I've got a, an investor too. I'd love to send that off to. Great. Appreciated. Let's cap it there. I think it's been a a good little roundup. We're at the 10 minute mark and I will see your handsome face in 86,400 seconds from now. All right. The last 86,400 seconds in AI is a service of the AI Responsibility Lab, the team behind Mission Control. Mission Control is the project management platform for high-performing data science teams. Do better zero-defect data science faster at takecontrol.ai.